It's the Tuesday or the Wednesday edition <laughs> of the Daily Perspective Podcast. What day of the week is it? I don't know. Wow. It is the Daily Perspective Podcast for Wednesday, the 31st day of March, 2021. I've been texting back and forth, <laughs> keeping myself distracted in the run up here. My brain got all tied. It is a uh, midweek edition of the podcast. Wasn't here yesterday because I just, things were too early. That won't happen again this week, but I do have another day next week when I've got early stuff happening and I'll be out of pocket. But I'll let you know more about that when that day gets here next week. I think it's Thursday of next week. At any rate, uh, yesterday was, uh, wow, I was out of here all day long yesterday. Just to, just, I, I uh, engineered recording a couple of, uh, a couple of uh, sessions, video sessions, and uh, then uh, my mom, who uh, who is in her mid eighties and and uh, is an extremely tech savvy person. I, in case you don't know me, don't know about this. That my my mom taught computer science at the junior college level for decades, and she's written a couple of textbooks on the topic, and and so she's very tech savvy. And one of her big frustrations in life, even at 85, is that none of her friends will learn how to use their smartphones. Stop and think about that. Here she is. She's 85, and she's, she's got, she carries an iPhone, and she uses it. And I mean, she uses it. She uses it for directions. She asks, uh, asks Siri questions. She, you know, she, she uses the, sa- the cell phone. And... Uh, it bugs her that her friends the same age would prefer to reach in the glove box and pull out a map, you know, <laughs> anyway, that's, that's, that's kind of funny to me. Anyway. Uh, so I spent uh, pretty much the rest of the day over at her house, helping her with a little project she's working on. And, uh, she's trying to transfer VHS tape to DVDs, which if you have a computer built within the last 12 months or so, it's not, not that big of a task. I mean, there are apps out there to do it. There are little kits that you buy to hook up a VCR. You remember VCRs? Yeah, you can hook up a VCR to your computer and then record everything, and it has to happen in real time. So if what you're recording is two hours long, you're going to wait two hours for it to transfer into your computer, and then it'll create a file you can burn to a DVD or a Blu-ray or whatever. And... uh so as a test yesterday, she pulled out a, uh, a, uh, a VHS tape of the movie, a beautiful mind, which had been recorded off of, I don't know, HBO or something. I don't know. I just don't know where it was, rec- but it was recorded off of TV. And I realized it as it hit the end and I saw, wait a minute, what's that? It, it, it hit the end of the credits and I saw something else there. This is like a news, a news recording or something. I said, wait, what is this? She said, oh, that was probably what was on the tape before I recorded. Wait a minute. This is a tape? You recorded this off the TV? Oh, great. No wonder it looks so lousy. But <laughs> but it was a proof of concept thing because she has a specific video she wants to digitize. And she's working on getting that particular video, that, that tape back from some member of the family who has it somewhere. And, um, <laughs> and when she gets that back, then we'll be going over and and doing that. And I'm, I'm hoping, mm, I think maybe I can persuade her just to put it on a thumb drive instead of a DVD. And then, and, and well, anyway, eh, 
she can store it on a computer and I can store it on my something in my system on one of my servers or something like that. Yes, it sounds like I have a server farm. I think I have two. I have two little computers that work as servers. Anyhow, I won't get into the tech nerd stuff, but that was yesterday. And when I got home, I had like, I had uh, like 40, something like 40 more pieces of production to get done here when I got back into the studio. So I was a busy guy. I was busy uh, until my wife got home from, uh, from uh, her job and, and, uh, and some afterwards because, you know, I, I shut everything down and went upstairs and hung with her for a little while and then made my excuses. Okay, I got, I got to go back to work. And so that was my day. And I think I finished up uh, somewhere around 8 o'clock last night and then unplugged my brain. And I know you're listening and you're thinking, isn't your brain unplugged all the time? No. No, it's it's not. Trust me. <laughs> Some days it seems like it, but no. Oh, what has been happening in the world around us? I I scanning scanning the news, looking at the stories. It, it's 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 disheartening. I, you know, I I know you have this kind of a day too, where you look at the news and you just shake your head and you turn it off because it it, it gets to that point where you just are sick of the insanity. You're sick of being lied to. You're sick of uh, of being told half a story. You're sick of being told a story that has nothing to do with the story. I think you understand what I mean, because that is something that happens a lot, especially in press briefings at the White House nowadays, where you are being told things that are not true. And when a question is asked, then, then uh, circle back Saki circles back to something entirely different and distracts everybody and the press doesn't have the the wherewithal or the 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 integrity or the or the the bravery the courage to say no wait but i will say this it's beginning to happen little by little where people are just they they just can no longer deny the disparity between reality and what the biden administration i'm sorry the biden harris administration is telling the people and so key people in the news media are asking tough questions, which they should have done during the campaign, but they were prevented from doing so. <sighs> Anyhow, lots of bizarre stuff is happening in the world around us. And, and the news media, I think, is, is as much to blame as anybody else because they're not telling us the whole story about anything. And the, the situation on the southern border is one thing. The situation with, uh, with the coronavirus slash COVID is another thing. And we'll be talking about both of those topics today as the podcast continues. And um, let's see. Is there anything else before we move forward? No, not really. I, the, I just got this project I've been hinting about I can't talk about. But it, it's, it's in a testing phase right now. In fact, it's running right now. I'm looking over here. Yeah, it's running right now, and and uh, and I listened to it a bit on the run-up before we got started here, and I say that that way because I'm thinking about the Facebook Live that's going on right now because uh, right now, hang on, let me change my graphic. On Facebook Live, hi there, there's Lady Liberty for you. The, uh, uh, the I, ha I have a set time every day, 8 a.m. Central, where I start recording, and I go to Facebook Live, and 
I throw in commercial breaks that are full of public service announcements and such because that's just a format I'm used to. Plus, it gives me time to sip some coffee in the midst of things, clear my throat, do whatever, pet the dog, you know, that sort of thing. And um, in the run-up, I, I was listening with one ear to the project I'm working on and, and uh, making notes. And then also texting with uh, my partner on the project and and uh, making observations about that and joking back and forth. And and uh, so I got myself a little bit sideways, <laughs> which was why I was distracted to begin with and kind of blew the intro to the, to the podcast, which I've done every day for so long. And I still got the. Yeah, well, anyway, but there we are. Boy, I'm suddenly feeling like Joe Biden. Um, illegal immigrants are crossing through private land seeking asylum in the United States for a number of reasons, including Joe Biden's presidency and factors like violence, natural disasters, which are devastating their home countries. According to them, they say so. Approximately 190 illegal immigrants were encountered at an undisclosed location in the Rincon Valley uh, village near Mission, Texas, Friday. A man calling himself Junior told the Daily Caller News Foundation that he encounters illegal migrants crossing through his private land every day he's there, which is at least four days out of the week. He says, they all say the same thing. Uh, Biden, uh, Biden no son vito. Biden invited us. He told the uh, DCNF. He asked that his last name be omitted after the media mobbed him in 2018 with requests to access his land. The illegal migrants have not caused damage to property because they only walk along the road, but they have left trash behind, including various medications, clothing, and bottles, he says. He, he also adds he has not recognized anyone that stands out as possible coyotes or cartel members. He says, with Obama, it was mostly men with children, no women. But I asked a couple of times, where's your daddy? And the kid, I remember one kid saying, he's not here. And the so-called father was like five feet away and says, I'm right here. He was angry. He was upset. And I could tell. He ain't the father, but there's nothing I can do. A Honduran man crossing Junior's land with a large group of migrants, including women and several children, said the Biden administration gave them the opportunity to come to the U.S. A woman traveling with the same group said she's escaping Honduras with her son because women are being denigrated and killed. A large group of migrants from Guatemala said they aren't delinquents and that they came to the U.S. illegally to find work. 22-year-old Antonio Flores from Honduras said he and his family came to the United States because of corruption and lack of opportunity in their home country. He added that his, this journey was not something he wanted to do and that he did not want to leave his country and that the group did not pay anyone to get them across the border. A group of four male Honduran migrants ages 15 to 17 said they came to the U.S. because a hurricane destroyed their house and it's easier to enter the U.S. under the Biden administration. Junior's land is not part of entry, uh, a port of entry, and all the migrants encountered there Friday had entered the United States illegally. During the Trump administration, Junior told the DCNF he'd go weeks and sometimes months without seeing an illegal migrant. Previously, illegal migrants had to walk until they encountered border officials and were brought in. There's now a temporary processing center under an international bridge about five miles from the riverbank, so says Junior. Many migrants there are now headed directly to the facility. U.S. Customs and Border Protection officials under previous administrations knew illegal migrants entered the country but wouldn't pick them up, says Junior. So this is a guy who is a property owner, a farmer, 
on the border who says, who says that these people are crossing the border and they are saying that they were invited by Joe Biden, among other things. And the Biden administration basically is dodging that. Now, you have to remember, remember, let me pull this up here. Remember, Joe Biden did actually tell him to come. What I would do as president is several more things because things have changed. I would, in fact, make sure that there is, we immediately surge to the border. All those people are seeking asylum. They deserve to be heard. That's who we are. We're a nation that says if you want to flee and you're fleeing oppression, you should come. Mm. You should come. You should come. And what else could you expect but people to come? It's what they're going to do. They just needed an excuse. During, during the Trump administration, they knew not to come. He sent a very strong message. Building a wall, telling them what was going to happen if they came, because, hey, it wasn't legal. You're breaking the law to come here. We're going to deal with you accordingly. And it slowed down a lot. Yeah, they were still coming, but it slowed down a lot because he sent the right message. He deterred illegal activity at the border to a great degree because he sent the right message. Biden also sent a message. And that message was, of course, what I would do as president is several more things because things have changed. I would, in fact, make sure that there is we immediately surge to the border. All those people are seeking asylum. They deserve to be heard. That's who we are. We're a nation that says if you want to flee and you're fleeing oppression, you should come. And that's exactly what happened. He told them to come and they're coming. And they're not really doing anything to stop them from coming. They're not sending a strong enough message. And it's all because they want them to be here. They want them to be here because they're going to be Democrat voters once they finally find a way to legalize all of them. And as Democrat voters, they will ensure the Democrat Party will always be in power. It's the Daily Perspective Podcast for Wednesday, last day of March, March 31st, 2021. Good to have you along today. Thank you so much for listening. I appreciate the fact that you're there. There needs to be more coffee in my life. I'm just saying. We've had a lot of nasty weather here in the last week or so. And um, this morning I was watching video that my friend, the meteorologist, James Spann, posted on Facebook. And the, it's just amazing. There was, a, there was a, a section last week or week before, there was a section of uh, housing, a subdivision uh, called Eagle Point. It was a golf subdivision. So you know the houses are nice. It's, it's, a, it's a nice place. 
and then eventually they actually built houses over the golf course. They just wiped the golf course out, and it's just all these nice houses. And a tornado went through. It was an F3, um, and it just laid waste to a lot of property in this in this area. And yes, and this morning I'm watching this video. Somebody's uh, like somebody's front porch camera, and um, it 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 wasn't destructive video except there was a tree that was broken up in the front yard but it was just amazing to watch the force of the wind passing through as the tornado passed nearby not right there but just nearby as a tree in the front yard was snapped off and it looked like every garbage can in the neighborhood was blowing down the street among other things just absolutely amazing and i've seen other stuff as well we're just someone who's had their uh, they had their uh, a, a similar camera on their deck uh, and it's a screened in deck and they have all of their lawn furniture out there their deck furniture they've got it all covered in plastic and my first thought was you think that's going to protect your furniture do you and um, the next thing you know it's just like the the deck with its screens and everything the screens blow in the deck furniture spins all over the place it's like a blender is what it looked like it's just the power of nature and it's amazing what it has done here just in the last few weeks. And we're not through tornado season yet. Not quite yet. It's still happening. Still happening. In fact, uh, we've got flash flood warnings where I am uh, for the remainder of this day. And uh, it's just because there's been so much rain that the ground is saturated and all it takes is a little bit. And the next thing you know, you've got water running everywhere. And so you just need to be aware. But that's the nature of the beast here in the Southlands this time of the year. It's like this every year. No, it's not global warming. No, it's not climate change. It's like this every year. Oh, but the incidence has gone up. No, no, it hasn't. It really hasn't. No, there are not more hurricanes either. No, it's the, there are a lot of people saying a lot of crap that's not true. You need to do your homework. Just do your homework. You also need to do your homework on what's happening on the border. Anonymous Border Patrol agents are now saying they're saying that there are serious problems, serious problems at the border. One anonymous Border Patrol agent who claims to have been working in Customs and Border Patrol for over 10 years has spoken out about leaked administration documents obtained by Project Veritas. The Department of Homeland Security documents, according to the nonprofit journalist group Project Veritas, says that criminal aliens with sex-related offenses are attempting to re-enter the United States in record numbers during the COVID-19 pandemic. The anonymous insider said that the documents labeled unclassified slash law enforcement sensitive are not supposed to be shown to the public. One of these documents, dated March 24th of this year, has the header Border Intelligence Daily and reads, Public Safety, FY 2021, Sex Offender Encounters by U.S. Border Patrol Reach Five-Year High. What does that mean? It means that during the Trump administration, they had hit a low the leaked document reads that there have been 214 sex offender encounters or arrests from October 2020 through February 2021, compared to the yearly total of 154 during the previous fiscal year. The insider says the report is accurate and even possibly underreported because sometimes criminal backgrounds go undiscovered. 
quote, I would probably say they're underreported. All the records of the criminal aliens and sex offenders that we arrest now, they've all been previously deported from the United States for committing these crimes in the United States. The Epic Times reached out to the DHS for comment. Hmm. The insider explains how agents run checkpoint operations to catch drug and human smuggling or trafficking and that they encounter situations like these every day. The insider was asked how the, uh, the policies of the current administration compared to the previous one. He said this is his third administration started when Obama was president. Quote, it's very dangerous for both us and the people we arrest to be crossing illegally. Policies of Biden letting them stay changing from the remain in Mexico policy under the Trump administration. When he, meaning Biden, removed that, the, the remain in Mexico policy, it just opened the floodgates for family units and small children crossing the border illegally. From the time Trump took over, it was a complete overhaul. Everybody got punished. Everybody got deterred. Everybody got a file. Nobody got just sent back unless it was a medical emergency or they were a child. The traffic slowed down. All the people in our custody were treated far more humanely under the Trump administration than any other previous. Under Obama, it was just like a horrible stench. Every time you worked in a detention center, you'd get sick. People were packed in three, 400 people in a room. But under the Trump administration, no more than 20 in a room. Earlier this month, a man that came to, into the United States illegally who had been previously incarcerated in 2017 for sexual assault against a child was arrested again by the San Diego Sector Border Patrol. It was the 25th arrest of this type since the start of the new fiscal year, reaching the record high reported last year. Only 25 illegal immigrant sex offenders were arrested in the San Diego Sector during the entire 2020 fiscal year. That number was reached within the first five months of fiscal year 2021 according to the U.S. Customs and Border Protection. Border Patrol spotted this 34-year-old Mexican national while patrolling the Ote Mountain Wilderness, about a mile and a half north of the border. He subsequently admitted to his illegal presence in the United States. The agents then found out he had a criminal record from 2017 when a Nevada judge gave him four years of prison for lewd conduct with a child. He is now facing more charges for re-entering illegally after having been deported. So you remember when the, the people on the left were all having uh, brain explosions because Donald Trump talked about how they were sending us their sex offenders, their drug offenders, their drug dealers. They weren't sending us their best people. You remember? where they all went insane because how dare he say that about these poor oppressed people who were coming here for sanctuary? How dare he? This is why. This is why. Because these people are coming into the United States. They keep coming back. They get thrown out. They keep coming back. They get thrown out. They keep coming back. But it wasn't happening as frequently as during the Trump administration as it is now. In the first five months of this year, we've already surpassed the entire previous year in these types of cases. Why? Well, I mean, 
I've already told you, but what I would do as president is several more things because things have changed. I would, in fact, make sure that there is we immediately surge to the border. All those people are seeking asylum. They deserve to be heard. That's who we are. We're a nation that says if you want to flee and you're fleeing oppression, you should come. Yeah. And and what does this all fall under? What? We are five days away from fundamentally transforming the United States of America. This is all about fundamentally transforming the United States of America into a socialist paradise. That's what this is all about. Don't make any mistake. Don't, don't mistake it for anything else. In order to get the power and control the Democrats need in order to fulfill their plans to keep fundamentally transforming the United States of America... They have to have a voter base that will continue to vote them into office because they are promised things that, honestly, they're not going to get. Oh, yeah, they'll get some things. They'll get a little, but they'll be living off of you and I. They'll be living off of us. They'll be, they'll be, given, pay, they'll be given checks funded by our tax dollars. They'll, um, their health care will be taken care of. Their education will be taken care of. As you see right now what's happening. Right now, if I can refer to speaking of education, teachers in Southern California say teaching students in person is dangerous and those who want it done are all about white supremacy and those same teachers volunteer to teach illegals face-to-face. Even after 89 kids in one single facility in San Diego have tested positive for COVID. They're willing to teach these kids because these kids represent the future of the Democrat Party. These kids represent socialism to them, and this is what they want. Your kids? Not so much. It's the Daily Perspective Podcast. Sliding into the second half of today's presentation. I'm looking at uh, social media during the break. Wow. I haven't talked about AOC for a while, but yeah, I can't ignore what she's just, what's just happened with her. So we'll get to that next. First up, a six month old baby girl was saved by a Texas Ranger and U.S. Border Patrol agents earlier this month. They recovered her after she was thrown from a raft by smugglers while being taken across the Rio Grande River into the United States. Yes, you heard that correctly. A six-month-old baby tossed into the river by smugglers. No doubt she was crying and making noise and drawing attention to them. The article from The Blaze does not say so, but one can draw conclusions from the situation. The Texas Department of Public Safety reported in a social media post yesterday that Texas Rangers out of its South Texas Special Operations Group assisted Border Patrol on March 16th with a six-month-old female child who had been thrown out of a raft and into the Rio Grande River by smugglers. The agency added that the child's mother had been assaulted by smugglers in Mexico, resulting in a broken leg. KVEO-TV reported that according to the Texas DPS, Lieutenant Christopher Olivares, The mother and child had been waiting in Mexico since December to cross into the United States, and the mother paid smugglers $3,500 to cross the Rio Grande River into the United States. 
They also add the family of two crossed the river in rafts along with 67 adults and 150 children in Roma, Texas. The mother and child are now both in U.S. Border Patrol custody, along with thousands of other migrants who've been coming in waves into the United States illegally since Joe, President Joe Biden took office, says the article, says took office, I would say, invited them. Roughly an hour and 20 minutes from Roma is the U.S. Customs and Border Protection main detention facility for migrant children in Donna, Texas. On Tuesday, the Biden administration allowed the Associated Press to tour the facility in Donna, and the outlet called the scene a grim picture due to the overcrowding and kids crammed together under foiled blankets. Can I just say that they got to see what was cleaned up? They didn't get to see it before they went in and cleaned up. The Associated Press reported that there are more than 17,000 unaccompanied migrant children unaccompanied in the U.S. custody as of Monday, noting that Biden scrapped former President Donald Trump's policy of expelling them. Biden has tried to expel most families traveling together, they say, but changes in Mexican law have forced agents to release many parents and children into the United States. And why did those changes in Mexican law happen? because the Biden administration scrapped agreements we had and basically insulted the nation of Mexico in the process. And they said, okay, fine, deal with it yourself. That's why. Over at Fox News, they reported that the Department of Health and Human Services is currently working to open, working to open facilities in cities throughout Texas to manage the large influx of children. Under the Texas DPS picture of the ranger holding the baby, a woman commented, that's my son. I'm extremely proud of what he's doing. Sad the news never portrays this type of heroism. They all do on the border. And they do. These people are in dangerous situations. These Customs and Border Patrol people, they, all of them, men and women, in dangerous situations because the coyotes, the smugglers, they're armed. They don't care. They're making money hand over fist. This young mother paid $3,500 just to get across a river. $3,500 to cross the Rio Grande. Let's just say she was in a boatload of a couple of dozen people times $3,500 or so. Somebody's making a lot of money. A lot. These people are human smugglers. They have no concern whatsoever for the health or safety of their people. They just care about what's in their pocket the money they've made off of these people. And that care for that money goes so deep that they would throw a six-month-old child, a six-month-old, into the river to keep, themselves hit, to keep themselves hidden from authorities. This is the sickness. These, these are the people that Donald Trump was talking about during his campaign in 2016. This is who he was talking about Mexico was sending us. These criminals, these people, these animals who would throw a child into the river, break the mother's leg, these people, that's who's coming. That's what's happening. All thanks to Joe Biden inviting them to come. And now from one little slice of insanity into a bigger one, Representative Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, the Democrat lunatic from New York, 
the socialist lunatic, the communist lunatic from New York, blamed the worsening immigration crisis at the U.S. southern border on imperialism, climate change, trade policy, and the prison system. AOC sounded off on the border crisis yesterday on Instagram. She didn't explicitly blame President Joe Biden for the surge of legal migrants crossing the U.S. border, though migrants themselves also do actually cite the president and his policies as primary factors in their decision to travel to the United States. She says, so let's talk about this. Because so much of our national conversation, which is not a conversation, about immigration is driven by people who could not care less about immigrants. So often people want to say, why aren't you talking about the border crisis? Or why are you talking about it in this way? Well, we're talking about it. They just don't like how we're talking about it because it's not a border crisis. It's an imperialism crisis. It's a climate crisis. It's a trade crisis. And also it's a carceral crisis because, as I've already said, even during this term and with this president, our immigration system is based and designed on our carceral system, our prison system, she continued. She went on to blame the U.S. for causing a climate crisis that disproportionately impacts Latin America, forcing migrants to flee north from their home countries to avoid environmental disasters. Wow. What do you have to be smoking to think this woman is right? What, what kind of drugs are you on? She goes on to say, let's talk about the climate crisis because the U.S. has disproportionately contributed to the total amount of emissions that's causing a planetary climate crisis right now. But who's bearing the brunt of that? Disproportionately, it's actually not us. We help create the problem, but disproportionately, it's the global south. It's South Asia. It's Latin America that's going to be experiencing the floods, wildfires, and droughts in a disproportional way which, ding, 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 has already started a migration crisis, but people don't want to have that conversation. No, AOC, what started the migration crisis was one Joseph Robinette Biden inviting all of these people to come to the United States, telling them that they should should surge our border. He actually said that. I've played it a handful of times already during this particular podcast episode. I'm not going to play it again maybe but that's why they're coming not because of some fantasy behind your your weird eyelashes and and under your your hair it's not it's not because of some weirdness that you some bizarre fantasy that you imagine to be true it's not because of imperialism it's not because <laughs> it's because they've been basically promised a handout and a good life in a country where you and I will be funding what they get. Senator Lindsey Graham last week slammed AOC for her muted response to to, to Biden's border crisis. After she was an outspoken critic of President Donald Trump's immigration policies, which actually worked, Lindsey Graham asked, where's AOC? Why aren't you at the border looking at the things being reported? If you were worried about children under Trump being in bad conditions, this is worse. If you're worried about people having COVID outbreaks, this is the biggest COVID spreader in the entire country. So where are you? Remember in 2019, Ocasio-Cortez accused the Trump administration of running concentration camps on the U.S. southern border, comparing the treatment of illegal immigrants in the U.S. to Jews in Nazi Germany. 
quote, the United States is running concentration camps on our southern border, and that's exactly what they are. She said so in a June 2019 Instagram video. She goes on to say, I want to talk to the people that are concerned enough with humanity to say that we should not, we should not do that, that we should, let's see, that never again means something and that the fact that concentration camps are now an institutionalized practice in the home of the free is extraordinarily disturbing and we need to do something about it. Hey, AOC, why don't you go talk to the borders and, uh, and customs protection people? Why don't you go talk to them? Because what they're saying is that during the Obama administration, it was much, much worse. 400 people to a room and stank, stench, sickening smells. During the Trump administration, a max of 20 people, and it was clean and respectful. Why don't you talk to those people, the people who are actually there? Oh, that's right, because that would undermine the narrative. That would contradict your claims that would actually prove you're lying that's what it would prove that's why aoc alexandria ocasio-cortez is a liar she is a communist manipulator she is deeply deluded and she spreads her delusion to those who think she's just the most wonderful thing on earth. Because they are deeply deluded themselves. Uninformed, misinformed, choosing to believe the worst. And the worst is usually a lie. Is America squeaky clean? Innocent? Oh, not by any means. No. There have been some bad things done in this country. But people like AOC focus on those bad things and ignore the greatness of this nation in the overall picture. They also ignore the fact that the bad things done in this country that they refer to, the imprisonment of Japanese American citizens, the treatment of Native Americans, and the like, were all under and instituted by Democrat administrations. Because the masses to the Democrats are tools to an end. They don't really care about these people. They care about the people granting them power. And so they promised them great things and they promised to be their heroes and their deliverers because after all, they're all oppressed groups of some kind. You see, without oppressed groups, Democrats have no power. It's the Daily Perspective. The final segment for Wednesday, March 31st, 2021. I still want to know what the dog was barking at. You didn't hear it, of course. It was happening during a break. I'm sitting here scanning through things, and the dog starts barking. She's looking around like she heard something. 
<laughs> I have no idea what it could be. You know, I've got all manner of things. If somebody's delivering something, I have a ring doorbell like the camera. It's going to notify me if somebody's on the porch. If that guy got, you know, stuff going on that tells me when, you know, stuff's happening around the facility here. And I, I, and I got nothing. So I don't know what it is. <sighs> Who knows? I got probably got a homeless person living in my ceiling. I don't know. Anyway, <clears throat> moving along here. <laughs> it's uh, it's the final segment of this podcast for uh, Wednesday. And um, I'm looking at my schedule for the day. Guess where I'm going to be all day? Right here at at this microphone in front of this computer all day. That's where little old me is going to be. Yeah, that's what it looks like. And also trying to reconfigure some things. I got these speakers, right? Can I just take an aside for a moment here? This is just all, this is studio stuff. And this, this is the thing I've been, I, this is, these guys are something that I've actually been thinking about doing for a while. And you ever, you ever just finally say, oh, all right, fine. And you just, you close your eyes and press purchase because you don't want to spend the money, but doggone it, you know, you have to. And that was the situation. I, I've been bodging together speaker setups for a while and. Um, among a, a, a put from various from various uh, retired home theater and stereo setups, and I've had some good speakers over the years. I really have. I've got a I've got a set of speakers that are sitting up top up here up on the shelf that I don't use anymore. That really were the best ones, uh, but they require an outboard amp. And right now, and and the thing is that I've been told a handful of times about a certain kind of uh, studio monitor that I really should be using in order to be able to hear everything I'm working on. And it's a little different when you're, when you're, when you're doing radio, you hear everything for, through headphones, right? But when you're doing production, you need a good set of speakers to be able to hear what everything really sounds like. It's really balanced. They're flat. So you hear everything. And so I finally broke down and bought a set of five inch JBL powered monitors and, and yeah, go look them up. And when you clench, understand I clenched as well. So uh, I got them and the, I'm thinking, I'm, I looked at the measurements for the cabinets and thought, yeah, those will fit in there. I got a space over here and a space over here. That'll fit. That'll be fine. No, <laughs> they, they don't. <laughs> so speakers that which should be beyond the end of my fingers when I, when I hold my arms out, when I reach out, they should be out of reach. Uh, on either side and triangulated facing towards me so that I get it, you know, they're facing me and I'm in the, I'm in the, the pattern. Uh, I can hold out my hands and you, you can hear me tapping on them on either side. <laughs> they're, they're, they're under my palms as I reach out. They're so close. And, and there's, I, so I've either got to move everything in my studio setup to another location about four or five feet to the left um, because I've got another desk over there where I do video editing and I've, I'm either going to have to swap places with the video editing setup. That means pulling all of the wiring out, pulling, or I'm going to have to move this big, this big thing that's over my desk where the, uh, where this particular production setup is set up and I got to do something. And this one is going to be a long, it's going to be this tedious process of pulling all the wiring around and everything. And the other is going to mean I'm going to have to recruit some help to lift something. 
neither one is a win. It's not a win-win situation. Either way, either way is going to involve some work. I really would rather not do because honestly, I just, uh, I would like a path of least resistance option. Please. Can somebody please provide that? It ain't happening. All right. Well, now back to serious things. Uh, new data from the centers for disease control and prevention, the CDC, who we have learned not to really trust. New data indicates people who get COVID-19 vaccines don't carry the virus that causes the disease. They, they no longer carry the virus. This, so says the director of the CDC late Monday, Rochelle Walensky, during an appearance on MSNBC's Rachel Maddow show, said, our data from the CDC today suggests that vaccinated people do not carry the virus, don't get sick, and that's that it's just not in the clinical trials, but also in real-world data. Vaccines produced by Moderna and Pfizer were found highly effective in preventing infections of the CCP virus, which causes COVID-19, according to results from a real-world study released earlier Monday. Nearly 4,000 frontline workers self-collected nasal swabs for 13 consecutive weeks in the study, which included about 2,480 people who were fully vaccinated. (laughs) These 4,000 frontline workers self-collected nasal swabs. (laughs) What'd you do today at work, honey? The vaccines... From Moderna, Moderna and Pfizer are at present require two doses. Another 12% of volunteers were injected with only one dose. The rest received no vaccine. The study is one of many that supports the vaccines being very effective in preventing virus transmission. Says uh, Dr. Peter Gulick. He's an associate professor of medicine at the College of Osteopathic Medicine at Michigan State University and an expert on infectious diseases. He says, so you might be asymptomatic and still carry the virus, still be able to transmit it to somebody if there was enough virus. But more and more things are coming out saying that's not so. That even if there was a virus in your nose, that it wouldn't be enough to transmit to somebody else. So it's kind of reassuring because that was the purpose of people always wearing their masks, even after vaccinations, when they went into places where people hadn't been vaccinated yet. Still, Walensky of the CDC remains concerned about a rise in the number of daily CCP virus cases in the United States as a whole. Before I move further, let's let's back up to that previous statement by uh, Dr. Peter Gulick. What he's saying is that we now have proof that once you've had the virus, the, the virus vaccination, I should say, once you've had the vaccine, you no longer need a mask for your protection or to protect others. It's not necessary. And yet, we have people, I don't know if you saw the video with uh, with Senator Ted Cruz the other day, where a reporter asked him if he could please put on a mask. And Ted Cruz said, no, we've all been vaccinated. All of us up here have been vaccinated. We've been tested. We are COVID-free. We're not in danger to you or to ourselves by not wearing masks. It's called science. Um, <laughs> and, the, and the thing is that the reporter kept insisting. Ask a couple of times, could you please put on a mask? Well, it would make us feel better. Ah, there's the key. Feel. You are afraid. They've made you fear. And that's the whole point. And then, 
having established that, we move forward. Walensky of the CDC, concerned about a rise in the number of daily uh, virus cases in the U.S. as a whole, says, I'm watching the cases tick up. I'm watching us have increased numbers of hyper-transmittable variants. I'm watching our travel numbers tick up. And the sense is I've seen what it looks like to anticipate the oncoming surge. And what I really would hate to have happen is to have another oncoming surge. Just as we've reached, we're reaching towards getting so many more people vaccinated, we're still losing people at 1,000 deaths a day. And so I just can't face another surge when there's so much optimism right at our fingertips. And then they're worrying about variants making vaccines less effective. Let me just say this. When they started talking about variants, my gut reaction was they're looking for something else to keep people frightened with. And this sort of backs that up. Because she says, yeah, we've learned that if you've had the vaccine, you're no longer susceptible and you're not going to be a spreader. The data in the real world, not just in the labs, but in the real world is telling us this. Oh, but variants, there's still something to be scared of. Because if they can keep you scared, they can keep you in a position where you're willing to give them what they need to save you from the boogie monster. This is what's going on. The, 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 the monster under the bed is going to be controlled by the government as long as you let the government have the power it needs. A thousand people a day dying from COVID. I suggest that you do a little looking and you learn what else is killing people at the rate of a thousand people per day. You will find that there are other things killing more people than that per day, but they're not talking about that at all. Because they have found that people are scared of COVID. They're scared of the uh, coronavirus. They're scared. And scared people are a positive thing for those who seek power and control. Because when people are frightened, you can promise them things if they will give you some control. And they will happily give you that control in order for the protection you promise. You see... It's another case of victimhood. In order not to be a victim, you will give them the control and power they need to prevent you from being a victim. So once again, leftism shows its ugly head. It's all about victims and power and control over you. And that's it for today. God bless you. Have a good one. We'll see you back here tomorrow for the next edition of the Daily Perspective Podcast. Bye-bye. Oh, we're, uh, we're done.